Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid and I have three delightful co-hosts with me this evening. Uh, and in no particular order other than perhaps... Now, I won't do it in ascending order of delightfulness. I'll just say you're all as... <laughs> I'm never going to get on this show. <laughs> I'll just say you're all as delightful as each other and all three of you way more delightful from me than, than me, I should mm-hmm. say. There we go. How's that? Did I get out of that gracefully? Well... Should we, just, should we start a show? Should we, say, should we say, Graham, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, Aid. Yeah, I'm doing good. I had a, a nice week off with my boys last week, which was lovely. Um, we didn't do very much because the weather stinks and also they like to sit inside and play video games, so I had to sit inside and play video games with them. But it was great, really nice. I hoped to get out and do more creative stuff, but the weather just kind of uh, on that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm very well, thank you. Good, glad to hear it. And Claire, how are you? I'm really good as well, thanks, Aid. Um, same as um, Graham a bit, because it's been a bit four seasons in one day here, um, switching between sun and snow. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's good. Um, and gearing up Polaroid Week starts on Sunday. So I'm sort of been gearing up for that, getting some of my props ready and bits and pieces. So, yep. I'm guessing that's a busy week for you, is it? Yeah, it's a busy week, a busy week. But a good Uh, kind of busy. Yeah, a good kind of busy. And I always like to see, um, you know, what the the Polaroid community, what everyone comes up with and, and produces that week. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Cool, cool. Well, uh, hmm, sadly this week, no Rach, because she's, I don't know, busy growing a bibby or something. Um, So uh, my third co-host is John. How you doing, mate? Hey, yeah, I'm all good. Thank you, Aid. Yeah, I've had a a funny couple of weeks of highs and lows. Like, photographically, I've been out and taken some large format portraits, which I haven't done in a long time. That was good fun. Um, Really nice sunny day. That was yesterday. yeah, really enjoyed that, and I've just developed those now. And they've one of them's got a terrible light leak on them, which I need to isolate and work out where that's come from. Oh, um, but pleased with the others, so that's all good. And the other exciting thing I saw this week was um, I got to see an actual autochrome plate, um, which is so an autochrome. Autochromes were developed by the Lumiere brothers um, mm. in the early nineteen hundreds, um, and there was a local photographer. Uh, called JJ Ward that shot um, some local images on those plates and they were passed down to his great great granddaughter um, who keeps them in her loft and uh, yeah I was actually able to see one with my own eyes and they're phenomenal things they're like made from potato starch the grain um, so yeah it's a phenomenal item to to actually see wow that that's quite something how on earth did you find out about that <laughs> um i met well like initially i met julie a few years ago because not only does she have the autochromes but she's got a lot of dry plates and she came to my studio um to kind of just show them to me because she'd been making prints of them um and then she, more recently she's been cataloging all those for a local archive project mm-hmm. and during that process the autochromes were discovered as well and they're kind of actual the significance of them and how how amazing they are so yeah it's just kind of and he like he he mainly did a lot of um 
like insect like macro work so he worked with microscopes and captured images on dry plates and all those are in some i don't know royal society mm -hmm. archive now um and he was published in loads of books and stuff and but he's got this kind of like personal body of work as well which she now owns um so she's archiving all that for a project that's going on in coventry so it's through that cool Mm, cool. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Really interesting. Yeah, sound, sounds like an interesting mm. thing. I don't, I don't think I've got any any news, uh, any photography based news that's as exciting as that. I'm afraid. Um, so I think you win that one, John. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's a competition. Get? Not that it's a competition. <laughs> I shouldn't say stuff like that. It gets Graham all excited. <laughs> <laughs> So do you, you were just saying that, that um, they were using potato starch as the base in the same way that gelatin is used these days. Is that no? So the potato, like my, were they using my potato skins as the terrible? <laughs> <laughs> my terrible understanding of it is the potato is is treated, then it's ground down to make a grain, and then it's split into three and dyed into like a red, green, and a blue, I think. And then that's all combined into an emulsion, which is spread over a plate and loads of other stuff gets done to it as well. And then the image is exposed, <clears throat> excuse me, because you've got this fine pattern of colours, when it's exposed, different lights react differently to re the potato starch or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm drifting off now because my understanding of it is just gone. It sounds no, more like a Heston that, Blumenthal sounds... recipe than anything else. <laughs> Yes, it does. Yes, thrice cooked potato skins. <laughs> <laughs> order them. Uh, order them at a gastro pub near you now. <laughs> but, uh, but they've still. They've obviously lasted. Well, as you're saying over a hundred years since they were originally years, exposed. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And they look beautiful as well. Like when you get close to it, you can see. You can see the grain. You can see the potato starch and the different colours. Yeah. It's made. it's like getting really close to a TV. You know, being able <laughs> it's like to see all the really individual. close to a potato. But <laughs> 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 it, it's phenomenal. But and they're just beautiful. Really, like it's like looking at a slide. Mm. Negative, isn't it? You know, it's, wow. it's just it's a beautiful object. That's interesting. Cool interesting stuff okay well there we go a little bit little bit of news little little bit of what we've been up to um I'm, yeah look it uh, i i've also had all the weather today um as everybody else seems to have had all the weathers have been around our way today um, and yesterday snow sun all, all sorts of nonsense anyway so we got a bit of a show for you this week uh well it's 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 do we call this a crossover if it's for another show in our own media empire is that absolutely is that i think that's the ultimate crossover these days is a completely incestuous one uh okay <laughs> that's a word interesting okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, so we've got a bit of a crossover show. So uh, some, some of you who may have noticed uh, that Sneaking Into Sunny 16 presents recently uh, have been a, a couple, actually two now, I think, isn't it, John? Um, a couple of shows mm -hmm. called The Lighting Lounge. Uh, and this is, uh, this is John and I, this is our latest vanity project, isn't it, John? <laughs> <laughs> or is it or is it more of a you know we're, we're really into this stuff and we'd like to an excuse to chat about it and learn more and and, and stuff like and, and to share some of that as well so so yeah the lighting lounge is is a a podcast where we are going to be exploring different 
lighting stuff mm. and or anything and everything really to that that tickles our fancy to do with lighting and photography and filmmaking and all sorts of stuff like that and so we thought uh actually it's a good opportunity to, mm. to talk a little about this on the main sunny 16 show and also to launch a challenge not uh, for both podcast hosts and listeners uh that that will um hopefully uh be a lot of fun for everybody um so yeah there we go uh that that's where we're at so far um john what would you what would how would you describe the lighting lounge as a podcast <laughs> um rambling occasionally talking about lighting no like the, actually the first episode we did was quite concise and rap i say rapid it was an hour long wasn't it but we got through a lot of terminology and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to actually kind of just experimenting with lighting now and getting things out there and working out, like, just having other people's input as well and mm. just seeing what we can come up with. Because it's not something I've, I've personally experimented with. I've always just looked at standard lighting setups or scenes that I've, I've, like, I'm trying to replicate and done that. I've never tried to do anything from scratch myself, really. Yeah, and I suspect in your professional work, it's been more about making sure you just capture the shot, isn't it? Uh, rather yeah. than rather than a creative play uh, with it. Yeah, it's just it's very much been like here's a look, and I'll analyze it and go right. This is three point lighting, you know, something very simple yeah. and kind of obvious, and just because I'm shooting on digital for that, I can see the results and just iterate very quickly to to get the desired effect. Yeah, but we're going to have a play. Yes, <laughs> we're going to have a play. <laughs> and I, although I've been, you know, I, I um, thankfully not burdened with any of that, you know, having uh, to to do professional stuff for anybody else. Uh, uh, I've I, I've learned what have I learned over the years? I just I've practiced and played and and tried to learn over the years uh, some of the standard techniques. Sometimes I just play. Sometimes it goes horribly wrong. Sometimes it goes quite nicely. Um, uh, and anyway. Yeah, new podcast. Thought we'd share some of that. And uh, starting off with, as I said, a bit of a bit of a host and listener challenge, um, and try to make it as easy as possible. Because a lot of people might say, "Well, I don't have any lights. I don't have any speed mm. lights or any strobes or any fancy LED RGB lights or anything like that mm. stuff." Um, and uh, the good news is, is that you don't need it that's that's the thing and that's what this challenge is all about this challenge is about just the simplest way that you could light stuff um do you have a torch graham do you own a torch um i don't i've got a red one uh i don't own a torch no but i do own like similar light sources do you do you have well do you have like working lights on, on the back of light. your van yeah I have, I have i have a working light i have like a workman's lamp light thing that we i used yeah i've got that i've got my lamp i've got my i've got my lamp oh, i've got that as well um so yeah i have lights i have simple lights excellent good to hear it claire how about you have you got have you got bike lights or a torch or anything like I that i haven't got bike lights but um i've got a torch i've got a really my grandmother's old torch actually it's a big red one needs to get batteries um so it's a big kind of white light uh, it's quite powerful i think and then i did actually buy a small torch with the idea but i've never used it and it's got it's red and it's got like red and green light on it um mm. so that is maybe promising 
yeah definitely that, yeah. that gets you that gets you started i mean it, it could be like the lamp you have on your bedside table in fact yeah. actually you've got a lamp right behind you over your shoulder as like as i'm looking at you on the screen here yeah and we know you have photography lights as well because mm. you use them in your work but it's mm -hmm. this is this is not that this is like the lighting equivalent of the cheap shots challenge mm -hmm. right okay so, so, mm. so no fancy <laughs> ring lights all right what about what about you john you got a torch i mean you, you've got a whole dark um, shed you must have lights so you must i've have got something. I've got a little dark room torch, but that's red as well. Um, red's good, red's good. Not if you shoot. <laughs> not very powerful, those, are they? They're not going to throw much, because I've got one no, of those as not. well, and they are lighting shit up. <laughs> I've got um, a head torch like, that I've used for camping, and that's that's got a red mode on it as well. I've used that in the dark room. That's nice. quite good. Is that for when you put it on the back of your head, the red one? Great <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Spray> light. <laughs> You can get bike lights like that, can't you? They're attached to the back. Oh of yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. And I've, I've got two of these actually, so I could put them next to each other to increase the brightness. Okay, just just remember, right? If you think back to uh, the the movie two thousand and one, the you know, Space mm. Odyssey, yeah, all they needed was a little red light. You know, they did quite effective, mm -hmm. quite effective work with a little red light. I mean, your name would have to be stanley kubrick but yeah mm. <laughs> well, it didn't have to be but yeah, give it like, a go it would help <laughs> okay and uh you know and anything else the other thing is is that it, it, if you want to play with color um is that you don't necessarily need to have a colored light because you can shoot through anything i mean if you've got a box of quality street lying around you could take the colorful wrappers off those and and, yeah. and, and tape those over a torch and it's stuff like April, that. It's April, mate. Nobody has a box of quality street lighting. After three months of lockdown, nobody has a box of quality street lighting around. What they have is a serious BMI issue and no quality street. That's what you've okay. got after three months of lockdown. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's a fair point because certainly lockdown three has not been great for my waistline. <laughs> um but uh yeah but the 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 idea is is sound though and anything that you've got that is see-through and colorful um it, it can can help in this as well so so yeah mm -hmm. let's um yeah the 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 thing that we'd like to do is very very straightforward as a challenge um and it, it's simply to find some lights around the place and just do something where the lighting is deliberate it can mm -hmm. be anything you want anything you want um i've got here in our show notes just an example of one i did yesterday i think i took this shot um uh we're not this is not a, a video show this is audio only so i'm not quite sure how we show people this but um just to describe it it really is just a, a sort of a a basic fairly spontaneous portrait of my son i went up to him and said i've got to do a challenge for a podcast son go and sit in the corner over there for a moment <laughs> and he said yeah all right <laughs> which surprised me <laughs> um and uh this this shot is shot with bicycle lights right off my very own bicycle what i ride to school and back on with the children and ran the forest and what have you um and uh actually turns out the lights themselves are quite muddy <laughs> i hadn't cleaned them all off from last time we were cycling but nonetheless um and uh simply it's 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 a portrait and it's shot with the red light deliberately pointing at the background the wall behind him uh to make the wall red and and that also provides a an accent mm -hmm. light on the side of his face and then another and a white light uh on the on the other side but deliberately not pointing at the back wall because so it doesn't dilute the color pointing a bit forward and just to provide a catch light on on the other side of his face and and that was it it took all of about 
I don't know, a minute and a half to make this shot. Um, I shot it with a mobile phone just just because, we, yeah, I need to get it done quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as anybody with children or animals or anything like that knows, uh, the quicker you can make a photograph of, the, of these uh, people that like to run around, the, the more, the quicker it is, the more likely you are to get something, yeah? <laughs> how, how are your boys, Graham, these days for having their photo taken? You've had some cracking, like, band shots and stuff in the past. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Obviously, it's just opportunity is limited. But no, they're pretty good about having their picture taken. Um, but you know what they say, the older they get, the cuter they ain't. So that is a bit of an inhibiting <laughs> factor. <laughs> a couple of slovenly um, teenagers that they are. And that's a great picture, actually. I really like that. The lighting, um, especially in the punched up one, it really is very moody. Um, I, whilst we're talking about examples, I, cause I mentioned about like desk lamp. I did take a picture um i think i think i shared this one with you john i may not have done um i definitely haven't shared with the other two um i took a picture using my desk lamp as a light on large format a while ago just my desk lamp and the, the ambient light that was you know from the room i was in um do you want to see how that turned out yeah go for it <laughs> go on then <laughs> just know that you said yes <laughs> uh hang on <laughs> Oh, hold on a minute. Like... Are you naked? <laughs> uh, have you have got a shirt on, haven't you? Hold on. It's in the show hold notes. Hold on. Uh, oh, no. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, no, I have seen that before. You have seen that one, yeah. 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 Shirtless zombie, Graham. Yeah, um, yeah. In, in a sort of pseudo-tin-type styly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that, actually, Aid, because that was shot on um, orthochromatic film, sheet film. So, like tin-type film, it... Um, doesn't respond to blue <laughs> light. That right? Is it? No, blue? red. It's not red sensitive. That's it, because you can develop it under a red light. Oh god, I should remember that. That was definitely a Ron Burgundy impression. That was. Wasn't it? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was just me using that one light to uh, light myself up. So there you go. Fun times. Fun times. There Great picture. Just, just just for the listeners at home, the word that best describes this picture is sexy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We'll be starting a Kickstarter. <laughs> if we reach two hundred thousand pounds, then we will release this picture. I, the bottom half of it, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I, no, I'm, we won't release it. We won't release it if we reach two. You know, people frequently say to me, "Listen, you lazy jerk, when are you going <laughs> to get around to making a Z? Not because we want it, but because we feel like you ought to, because you talk about it so often." And I'm always thinking, I don't have enough of a body of work of any one type to do that, but maybe. I have enough pictures of me without my shirt on to make a scene. Now that would be a thing, right, guys? <laughs> that would truly be a vanity project, wouldn't it? Yes. I, I think that would be a gift to the world. What do you think, you'll be Claire? Going on only fans, you'll be going on game. <laughs> oh, it gets worse. <laughs> It's worse. How did we? How how did um, we end up in this conversational hole? <laughs> I was ready and waiting to pounce and make like, it happen. I think two minutes ago, we were talking about lighting Light. and creativity and stuff. Okay, can I can I ask you, lighting guys, some questions? And mm. so, uh, using these small, um, it's like especially with things like torches, small point light sources, which I'm going to guess are going to give fairly hard light, the way they were. Um, have you got any advice? to um shoot with them that won't end up with a kind of all the light on one side and all the shadow on the other side kind of thing what, how can we get better results from using these things 
that that's a good question it's um and i guess it depends on the light um in the case of of bike lights um in the case of my bike lights actually uh, it would go one or two ways so for the the rear light the red light is tiny and to be honest it's effective throw to actually light something rather than just glow in the dark is pretty minimal um so the the light really is just out of shot in what is really only a sort of well it's a bit more than a headshot isn't it? it's kind of a three-quarter shot and it's just out of shot um and i had to in processing you know boost the saturation of that quite considerably and uh and that, oddly enough of course reduce the luminance to get the color to be to to be richer um but it, it is tricky and you're never going to get anything but a hard shadow off of mm. that because it's not it's not bright enough that if you diffuse it anyway the light will get through the diffusion <laughs> so okay, you'll, right, you'll, basi you'll basically lose the light if you try i mean if you took a stop off that with some diffusion you basically wouldn't have any light left okay um uh so so that is a bit tricky now with a different type of light so if you're thinking about you know, you uh a, a front bike light in my case or a modern mm -hmm. led based torch or or a or a a, a work light which i mean work lights that you, you sort of pick up you know the ones on the yellow stands that you see on csi and other crime scene type shows mm. um you should have some of those you must be able to do crime scene photos actually claire you should <laughs> should find some of those um th those tend to be they those are not led of course um they're mostly halogen uh, i think you can okay. these days you can get you can get led versions yeah, these i've got days. An, my my mm. work light is an led work light is it okay because yeah. I, I think that's that's that those have really only been actually usable in the last few years haven't mm -hmm. they since leds mm -hmm. have been bright enough and previously to that they were they, they were halogen um yeah. mostly yeah um now those of course cast a really bright light there's a lot of luminance there right there's a lot of light to play mm -hmm. with so if you wanted to reduce the the impact of shadows and cast a softer light um you'd be casting around the house for other stuff so for example do you have a semi-transparent shower curtain mm -hmm. no right. no oh okay so so uh shower curtains are quite popular or um a white sheet bed sheet um preferably a slightly older one so it's worn a bit thin <laughs> um, and clean <laughs> yes a, cl a clean white which i guess it doesn't have to be white but white would be preferable. <laughs> it doesn't have to be um, clean <laughs> <laughs> equally it doesn't have to be clean if it's you that's using it but um, as long as you're not taking a photograph of me it doesn't have to be clean mm -hmm. i suppose um but uh you know that that would diffuse or um perhaps some um baking parchment or greaseproof paper um or mm -hmm. if you're a if you're a, a a drawing person maybe some tracing paper um with the diffuser if you're mm -hmm. using something like that does the distance from the light source to the diffuser make a difference would you you know would you just like cause obviously with tracing paper the easiest way to use it would just to be to slap it straight over the light source but would you get better diffusion if you moved it further away or so you can certainly play tunes on that. Um, another last one, by the way, uh, net curtains are good for this sort of stuff mm. as well. Um, but uh, you can certainly certainly play tunes on that. So the most important thing to to remember is is the the age old rule that uh, the the bigger the light source relative to your subject, mm. the softer the light will be. Right. So what that means in practice is if you can have your diffusion as close to your subject as possible 
So let's say you had a, a workman's lamp of some sort, very bright, but very harsh, and you had a, a net curtain. You'd want to hang your net curtain really just out of shot. So it's almost in the frame, as close to your subject as you can possibly get. And then you can play with the position of the, the light itself closer to the diffusion, further away from the diffusion. What that will tend to do is it will change the, the, the angle of, of the throw of your light amongst other things because you know it, the closer it is the light beam won't have spread out so much so you'll get more of a hot spot um but it'll be a more focused light and it won't light so much of the stuff around your subject mm. the further you have away um it will it will have a a broader spread because it will have traveled further it'll have had a chance to spread out more and therefore you'll get a much more diffuse light um uh, but it will light things around your subject in a way that may or may not be mm. part of your creative vision for the shot mm. but it's, it's it's a it's a play around job that's mm -hmm. that's the fun of it right it's mm. a, it, you play around and see what you get and see what you like so i think kind of related to that we should probably say that I think digital photos are fine for this challenge. It's not just a film <laughs> photography based ones to allow people to play around and produce the images quickly as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point, John. Um, and like I said, this this example we've got here, I happened to shoot on my phone, um, which uh, uh, and because I knew I wanted to really push it in processing, really make it very vivid colours, and mm. I knew I wasn't going for that mm. sort of hyper. Uh, I wasn't going for a particularly you know light and floaty look. I was going for something mm. pretty graphic in its approach, mm -hmm. and therefore I wasn't too bothered about crunching details. And you know, so taking mm -hmm. it on the phone, crunching it in in, in a number mm -hmm. of post processing runs, uh, you know, worked fine for what mm -hmm. I was trying to do. And um, so, yeah, digital is good. Um, another one, of course, that's good is instant. Um, because you can mm -hmm. definitely get a a picture. Um, mm -hmm. I, I enjoy very much using Instax for this. Mm. Um, it is it is a challenge with Instax because uh, Instax doesn't have a very wide dynamic range. Mm. Um, you get I, I I have no idea what it is actually technically speaking, but it always feels like you only get like four or five stops of dynamic range mm -hmm. in in a in an Instax print. So you 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 can't have massive extremes of light. But uh, I I have found um, as a general rule of thumb, if you're playing around like this, um, I always think if I if by about shot eight, nine, or ten, I'm starting to get something that looks half decent, and one of those shots, eight, nine, or ten, will be a keeper. Um, uh, that that's a pretty good ratio for me when you're yeah. doing this kind of experimental stuff because things the light goes everywhere it's crazy stuff right mm. you you put there you think okay it's a little light's pointing that direction definitely and you'll find you've lit up something in the background 20 feet away and it's it, it's taken over your whole shot and mm -hmm. and and, and you know, how the hell do i get rid of that that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you spend you can quite easily get through a pack of 10 shots um you know uh with, with instant film mm. um to, to get a single good one that you you like but that's part of the fun as well so it's, it's not supposed to be this is not about um mm. the, the output ratio it's about the fun mm. <laughs> i was reading that you know the um cecil beaton um his portraits which are you know i think they're great and they're quite they're quite i don't know quite, they've got sort of a bit of a magical quality to them but i was reading that he would do long exposures and he would put, you know, you were talking about shower curtains. Yeah. He would get people to hold fabric or shower curtain behind the subject. Right. So, okay. And then light it from the front and then they would move it 
move the move the shower curtain and whatever and that if you look at any of his portraits that would then create um this kind of some of the magical kind of atmosphere that you you see in okay. some of his portraits interesting mm. interesting i i he i mean i know the name of course and yeah, yeah. I, I i wouldn't you know i'm not very familiar with his work it's just googled it quickly actually why really? yeah there's a lot that's of this he did yeah hmm yeah interesting interesting i mean yeah and these and, and i noticed just from a quick google of his images there's lots of there's lots of props and things and, yes and they're, they're, yeah. that are deliberately designed to play with the lighting in mm. images as well so that's yeah that's an interesting interesting point mm. of view there as well um mm. yes yeah, probably some better examples there that he did than my little example for today <laughs> no no that you say <laughs> i think you might be better than me <laughs> <laughs> he probably wasn't using his bicycle light though to be fair I think in his day, his bicycle light might have been a slightly different technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it's this. The, yeah, so uh, good point, John, and thank you. Um, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the challenge element. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. John and I have been um, beavering away um, in, in what you know, laughably we'd call our spare time, trying to figure out what the first few shows of the Lighting Lounge looks like. And one of the ideas we had was to do a challenge. Uh, that mm -hmm. relates to just you know a, a kind of a the the same ethos as the cheap shot challenge grab what you've got around you um you know we've hopefully mm. all got some kind of electric light right. in our houses um and uh you know just see see what you can come up with you know and, and it doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be electric light you could use candlelight or you could have a bonfire or or a a yeah. barbecue or, or something a barbecue. like that. I don't know. How much light do you think a barbecue <laughs> throws out, Aid? Mm. You're doing barbecues wrong if you're getting enough light okay. to step picture going. Well, in that in that first phase mm. where all the flames are like three feet high. Mm. And, and your face is on the grill. Like yeah, yeah. I was going to say about um, candle, candle lights because obviously they've got their own kind of atmosphere and um, you were so, talking about 2001 earlier and i i always think the lighting again in that film the assassin have you seen the assassination of um jesse james by the coward robert ford is it it's on it's on my to-do list yeah. actually it is on my to-do list i thought you were going to go with a different one actually i thought mm. you were going to talk about barry linden um which is a, a film <clears throat> that i don't know whether it's famous mm. um but it is a it is a film uh that was shot a Kubrick film that was shot mm. just with candlelight, and mm -hmm. he had like special lenses converted that oh, lovely. with f zero point nothing. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, well, no, this film, the the um, assassination of um, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Apart from the fact it's a great film and it's really beautiful to look at, the lighting again is wonderful. It's Roger Deakins. I was going to say, is it yeah. a Deakins film? Yeah. And um, I was always inspired by. Um, in fact, I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. I, I, I'd, I'll really enjoy watching because it it's a great film. But there's a scene in it. I mean, the lighting's great, and Roger Deakins himself favours, doesn't he, natural lighting and available light, doesn't he? I've read. But there's a wonderful scene in that where um, they're kind of going up a, up the train track in the evening and they're carrying uh, lanterns and the lighting from those it's really atmospheric so 
maybe I'll try and do a Langton shot on some old train tracks for my <laughs> challenge for you, <laughs> I don't think safe. we can sanction okay. train tracks, can we? Because too many so, people no. get hurt doing Yeah, that, no, there's yeah. some there's some disused ones. Or maybe like a Langton in, in, in a field or something. But if you watch that film, A, it's a good, great film, um, but um, the, the, that scene's really great. Um, his use of lighting is, is great as well with his yeah. available light. If you have control over your subject, the subject of your shot, or and it's not going to move. Let, I mean, it could be you know, a still life, or it could mm. be a a very um, uh, a very generous person that you'd like to take mm. a shot of. He's prepared to sit still. Yeah. Uh, th there's no reason why long exposures shouldn't work if you have de deliberately a, a, a dim light source. It's just, of course, mm. you know, mm. um, if it's not a flash. Um, mm. then you're not going to stop the motion so yeah. you, you'll, you'll get end up with blurry stuff but it, it it's um it, it it's all good right it's a creative thing mm. yeah. so and don't uh, forget if you are shooting on film and you're doing long exposures that reciprocity of film comes into play good point good point um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, so yes, that 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 you'd you'd have to sit still for quite some time, though, isn't it? Wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. Talk, once you once you get, you know, I think. No, I was thinking more in terms of like a, a shutter speed of about a second or something like that. I wasn't thinking about kicking into territory where reciprocity calculations. <laughs> Sat there with a candle for three hours. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yes. Yes. I suppose at this point we should advise possibly not using pinhole cameras for this particular mm. challenge. Mm. <laughs> but bonus points if you do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, so mm. yeah, so we would like we would just love to to receive uh, some in images taken with artificial light or light mm. that is in, in intentional and has been set up in some way. Um, uh, and um, you, you know, it's uh, something that we you know, that will fill into or fit into this challenge. Uh, we as hosts, we're going to be taking on this challenge mm. as well, uh, and uh, that will come together in uh, a lighting lounge show, um, mm. probably in about a month from now. John, were we discussing? Mm. Yeah, I think if we say the deadline for submissions is the thirtieth of April, so that will give you two weeks when this show goes out yeah okay and send your send your submissions to sunny 16 presents mm -hmm. at gmail.com i'm thinking headlights as well car headlights we could Ooh, do yeah, car yeah. Right. Step out the road. <laughs> <laughs> on a train track on a yeah. crossing over a train track yeah. with my mountain no. Yes. Is that um, a light at the end of the tunnel or is it a train coming the other <laughs> way? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, headlights. I, I like um, moody headlight shots. Yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. if you can get some kind of um, thickening of the air, like if it's if, if there's smoke like a, or if yeah, there is or rain. Rain shooting yeah. back backlit through rain is, mm. is a nice one as well. Um, <laughs> Just use, use your barbecue you again to create some smoke. Oh, yeah. Yes. Indeed, yes. Going out and start a barbecue on a rainy day, park it, you know, stick it just out of shot next to your vintage car with the headlights on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that vintage car will be ready um, yet. So, yeah, it'll have to be, um, I'm afraid, my Yaris. <laughs> That's all right. A Yaris, like, I used to have a Yaris. I, I, but, it had headlights. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> just, cool. You just see the headlights. Yeah. No, I like headlights. So, well, if you want to go moody, go around the back of the Yaris. <laughs> 
<laughs> and have the stick the fog light on i'll tell you what stick mm -hmm. yeah yeah because uh, stick a fog light on mm -hmm. the back of your car and that'll give you definitely some mood lighting you can play with so what we got so we've got um torches um bicycle lights candles headlights lamps lamp lanterns anything else uh, <laughs> this is the new game let's name light sources <laughs> <laughs> It, this is what just, we're going to do on the lighting lounge. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, we just name. The we dim name glow things. from your microwave LED panel. Um. <laughs> but so, so. Oh, your mobile phone. Mobile, mobile phone, phones yeah. have lights in them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can, we can, you can take it as far as you like. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and we can laugh mm -hmm. about it as much as you like. But yeah. actually, it doesn't stop it from being true, though, no, does it? No, no. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So yeah, please. Uh, so this this show will go out on the fifteenth of April, I think. Mm -hmm. This podcast go out fifteenth of April, and so that'll be yeah two two weeks to 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 think it through uh, and send us some of your creative stuff. Um, mm. If I could express a preference, it'd be for shorts where people have their shirts on. Sorry, Graham. <laughs> um, uh, you can't make me. <laughs> that's unfortunately true. <laughs> and your podcast is a video podcast, the Lighting Lounge, right? <laughs> it, it it is both it it is both so so you know john and i um uh, have decided uh that we would like to make sure that each show is both video and audio so it it will make sense on audio um and we will find a way of making any images that we discussed you know, available to people and things like that it will make um, as much sense in audio i think is a better way of putting it not necessarily it will make sense but it will make as much sense in audio as it does it video. will make no less sense <laughs> in audio um uh and and the audio will be of course on the sunny 16 presents channel mm -hmm. so subscribe now if you haven't subscribed mm -hmm. already uh and uh the video will be on the sunny 16 podcast youtube channel and uh, that'll give us a chance to make sure that things are visible to people um, mm. uh, as we discuss them. Mm. Um, I don't know how people listen to podcasts anymore. I always used to listen to mine on the train when I was half asleep, but I don't go on trains anymore. So so I, I have new ways of doing it now. So um, it's just as easy to 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 you know to put YouTube up on my phone and listen mm. to it as it is to yeah and 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 yeah when you reference photos to, to flip back to YouTube as it is to listen to it on a podcasting app. Mm. So you know. Uh, hopefully people will find that uh interesting as well right and and then um then having talked a lot about that at, at some length you might say in a rambly way um we have a, a a point of order that we need to come to which is that uh apparently graham's birthday is soon <laughs> <laughs> it's a month today actually i've just noticed it's a month today not that not that this is about me and my birthday um <laughs> but, but, but there is a relevant line of conversation to segue seamlessly into though isn't there right? absolutely so, yeah yeah because because as you said yourself just before we hit the the big record button uh today um you've been sending me messages about you know the, the e with ebay links on it it's like, i want to buy this i want to buy that i want to buy this and uh, mostly that's been lighting, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, my lovely partner, Sinead, has been asking me what I would like for my birthday, and I've been having a good think about this. And um, I decided that what I really want, well, there's a lot of stuff that I really want, but um, what I really want that's <laughs> vaguely achievable is um, something to expand what I can do with uh, creative lighting and shooting when I can't go outside and play um, and so yeah I've been thinking and I know that I talked to John about this ages ago but um, thinking about 
primarily some lighting and maybe a backdrop um, to set the stage. What I currently have in the way of uh, mm. artificial lighting is um, a, a Canon flash, an old ca- well, a, a Canon flash, my digital camera, but it's just a flash, uh, and a couple of cheap Niwa triggers that I can use to trigger that from any camera, so I can use that, um, and a couple of. Um, cheap well i say cheap LED. the one led panel is my work light um and the other one is another uh couple of year old cheap um Niwa, uh light panel as well very mm. basic one but they're not very powerful so that's what i currently have um and i would like to uh, improve on that so that i can do more stuff i've got a couple of light stands i have some shoot through um and some bounce umbrellas because i bought one of those just cheap starter kits for that so i have those bits um but yeah it, it's lights and particularly thinking that i'm most likely to want to use this with film as well that's the other important thing unsurprisingly um so yeah, I, I would really appreciate some advice on this because I've been looking at lots of different stuff and um, realising that there are multiple options and if you look secondhand, you can pick up a lot of good uh, strobes or you know, flashes mm-hmm. um, relatively inexpensively for what they once were. Uh, but at the same time, I think that continuous light is probably going to be what i need to do i know that a lot of these flash units these strobes have uh modeling lights which i don't fully understand um so you might have to explain that to me they but they've got these permanent lights which are modeling lights but i'm guessing that they're not really meant for just taking the pictures uh, in general i don't know how powerful they are anyway um so yeah uh, advice on and i'm looking at a budget of probably up to about 200 pounds um okay so you know it's enough money to get started and i'm thinking i'd probably like to try and get a couple of lights for that if possible okay all right interesting so 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 just one thing that i would like to to share with the listeners uh just before we dive in um is that i was i was quite surprised actually by some of the prices that you were sending me off of ebay Mm. so so you would send me perhaps uh an ebay listing for a a professional kit but maybe one that's like 10 years old i've been knocking about you know like a bowens kit or something Mm. actually a bowens branded lights from before they went under um and uh you know the 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 prices for a, a, a quite a, a well-used kit for, from the past were actually similar to the prices of a brand new kit mm. um, from now. So, so it was interesting because, you know, I don't tend to be very well informed about the secondhand market for these things, but I, I am quite interested in the, the new market for these things. And of course you, you with, with brands like, I mean, you mentioned newer, um there there you know the uh, godox is another one and and there are various different sometimes these things are branded differently in different countries of course um but uh the um the the some some of the things that you can get now is really quite a lot of equipment and good quality equipment for quite a low price compared to where it was say five years ago or ten years ago so so just uh, just that have that little nugget out there is that if you think anybody if you look in and you think you've spotted something that's good value for money on ebay just have a quick check on somewhere like amazon about what a different branded equivalent would be brand mm. new and and you might be very pleasantly surprised uh, and with yeah. that older stuff as well, Ed, one of the, I'm glad you mentioned this when we were chatting about this, is that 
quite a few of those brands have gone away like the Boeing lights have gone away there was another one I was looking at um, I can't remember what it was called now but it was one that was around for a few years and, and then uh, uh, begins with need doesn't matter uh, they've gone but so if something goes wrong can you or not even if it goes wrong when the bulb goes which they will because if you're using them that's what's going to happen can you get replacement bulbs easily you know if, and so mm. this is another thing with looking at these older light sets is if something breaks in it are they just duffers then um so well it, it, indeed yeah i mean and i suppose you're specifically talking there about uh, uh, studio lights, yeah. studio strobes specifically, yeah. um, which is which seems to me the sort of thing that you're interested in getting. Yeah, uh, I like um, I, I like the form factor and um, flexibility of studio strobes, but I think I want to have constant light because film. Okay, um, so. What I've been most drawn to so far, after you mentioned the brand to me, um, is these Godox, I think they're called SL60s, I think, or something, mm -hmm. SL60W or something like that. Um, that's their entry-level one. It's a 60-watt LED um, panel a bulb, but it has the form factor of a traditional studio light, and it's... I think it's got the Bowen mount size because so, I think quite a lot of things are, of the um, uh, modifiers are, are built to go with this Bowen stuff. So it's got the Bowen mount size so you can get a lot of stuff that then goes with it quite easily afterwards. It's, it's an interesting yeah, thing is that although the company themselves have gone under, what their, their, their system for mounting modifiers mm. on the front of lights, uh, often known as the S-mount, mm. um, uh, is is become almost an industry standard in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so they're quite appealing. But I also saw again mentioning Niwa. I mean, they have something that's similar to that, but they also have these just big square light panels. Mm. And so it's one of those things. That I'm drawn to mm. the traditional studio strobe looking ones because they look like what I think of when I think of a studio, you know, like lighting. Mm. But I don't know whether actually I'd be better going for a flat panel like the these big Niwa ones, which um, and it's also it can be a bit confusing because uh, the output is like on the panels they don't really give you the output in watts. It's not you, so you'll get trying to compare different measurements and it's it's quite awkward. So um, yes, it is it is tricky. There's there's no good answer to this. I mean I, I, I've been looking at these things for years and sometimes you still see manufacturers displaying the the ratings of their of their light output in in different ways. Um, you know, so it, it is tricky. Um, uh, and of course, you know, the, the inverse square law comes into play as well. So somebody will say, well, my output of the light is this. And somebody will say, well, uh, at three feet away, it's, the, you know, what the light that's received at three feet away is X. And, and you think, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, you know, what's going on here? And there's a lot to work through. Um, a, a lot of these, uh, it's, uh, in terms of continuous lights that are very affordable uh, and, and currently on the market, actually, a lot of them are plenty bright enough. So, I mean, if you wanted to shoot with film at ISO 6 or something like that, you might find you have a spot bother, mm. <laughs> you know, or if you're shooting, you know, if you're determined to shoot everything at F16 or F22 or something like that, you might find it slightly harder. Mm. But, you know, if you're prepared to use a, a slightly faster film, you know, 400 and above perhaps, uh, and you're prepared to, you know, open the lens a little bit, you know, then, then actually, you know, almost all 
lights will that you could buy today will give you sufficient light and and you know for speaking from my own experience actually you know I've been drawn to think, oh, I must get as much light as possible. You know, bang for your buck, right? You must get as much light as possible. And actually, sometimes, you know, you end up, you know, running them at, you know, one, 2% power. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I mean, the lights that are lighting me now, I've got one that's sort of bouncing off the ceiling, right? That is running at about 70%. Um, and I've got the, the one that's filling in my face is running at one out of a hundred, right? I don't know if they're percent actually. They may be non-linear scales, but it's running on one out of a hundred. Mm. And if I put it up to a hundred, it just absolutely blows you away. Mm. So you know, it, you don't always want more light. Perhaps the thing to think about is the quality of the light mm. um, and, and whether or not you can buy things to control it. Like, you know, uh, soft boxes. I mean, you talked about the mounting system. You can put a soft box on it or a grid or a snoop or, you know, make it softer, make it harder, make it more focused, you know, you know that that sort of thing. Um, uh, and assuming all the lights that you look at will be compatible with some kind of modifiers, then actually for me, I think, I think for me personally, the most important thing would be the quality of the light, uh, by which I mean effectively um how much of a full spectrum of, of visible light will this light put out mm -hmm. so what you don't want is the sodium lights you get at a football ground and what you you know you don't want a street light that is some sort of weird green color you know when you go out at night and the only color you can see is the green of leaves and bushes and things and everything else is a sort of gray color mm. well that's because the light is green right so the only thing that reflects the color is is things that are green you know so it, it that that's the thing i'd be looking at in your case so um and there are some, Claire, there are some metrics didn't you um didn't you buy some of those newer panels i did the recently? 600 ones yeah and um on what what day to be on now yeah in about a week and a half about 10 days i'm actually taking them um to a to doing a shoot with them actually and I'm, um, so yeah, I did. So they've got like a dimmer switch. So you could, they come, Graham. So you've got, you know, the barn doors on them and they've mm -hmm. got a, a diffusion panel that you can, um, have on it or you can take it away. And then you've got, um, cause I bought the kind of rainbow ones. So you can go through all sorts of colors and on one knob, and then you can, you know, increase the intensity really with another and just play with them. And they've got different settings as well, which is because they're video lights, aren't they really? So particularly if you're making a little film or something, they've got things like um, lightning flashes almost, you know, like like a crackling bulb effect, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, no, but um, I, I've used... Have you, have you done any test shots with them yet? I've done some, I have, I did some, I, I used them when I was doing um, some po Polaroids and I'm going to do this, uh, I was thinking they weren't bright enough, but that's because I think I was using it with the diffusion on and I haven't really played with, played with them, but um, yeah, I've got two of them. I was thinking of getting a third one so so I could have one on each side and, and one behind, but mm. um, I can give you a um, a more in-depth answer when I actually with them for literally for two days using them. Yeah, I'd be really indoors, um, and I, and and I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them with the white light and like hard white light. But also, I want to. There's a particular room that I'm going to be shooting in, and I want to 
make the room a bit pinky um, mm -hmm. in certain parts. So I'll be doing a lot of kind of experimenting around that uh, around those. But I also they, want. Sorry, John. I was going to say, are they powered? Are they battery powered or main? You can powered? get they're both. You can you can get batteries for them. Um, mm. Which I'm going to do, but I've literally got um, that mains. Yeah, you know, right. AC adapters. Yeah, but I want to. I was saying on another podcast. For me, I want to take them outside as well. Mm. They, Bring them outside with me. So I'd, obviously, I'd need a battery. So battery. these are, I think, uh, the ones that uh, I was looking at. Actually, these six hundred mm. panels, and um, because they, as you said, they've got them in the multicolored <laughs> ones, which you've got, or uh, yeah. bicolor ones, which yeah. are just white and another kind of white. Um, um, yeah, I'd be really interested to hear how you get on with those because, mm. I mean, like I said, looking at these bicolour ones, which is probably what I would want because I'm not going to be doing any filmmaking with it. Um, they do come in at, for two lights, 199.99 on Amazon mm. at the moment. So that's like, oh, that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, but again, it's that thing of, okay, so um, we're looking at the specs. Um, it, the... Uh, the light output is measured in lumens, um, so yeah. 3,360 lux per meter. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know how that compares to a 60 watt output. I just don't know. Um, one thing I do know from listening to your uh, most recent podcast, Lighting Lounge, is that it has a CRI of around 96. That's pretty good, right? Mm. Yeah. Yep. So that's the color reflective or refractive i can never remember mm -hmm. which index and that's a that's a, a good basic measure of how much of a spectrum of a full vis, full visible light spectrum that the that that light will emit and therefore um because it emits a, a, a broad spectrum almost a full spectrum of white um, then many colors of things in your shot will be able to reflect their true color so you'll get more accurate color in your photograph that you make you know, uh, based upon what proportion of a visible light spectrum your light is emitting. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. So, so that's good. Yeah, 90, 95, 96 and above. And it, it, it tops up at hundred that particular scale. So, but and and you might think, wow, do I really need ninety six? Can I not just get away with ninety? And actually, do you know what? Um, you, you if you're gonna if you're if you're keen to do color work if you just do black and white it doesn't matter mm. <laughs> but if you if you're keen to do color work uh, and have the colors be accurate yeah 95 and above for a cri or, or another measure is a tcli and and there are others as well but yeah mm. no they they look very interesting i'll be very very interested to hear how you get on with those and i guess the fact that they are a panel um I, oh here you go light panel size um so they're nine point one by 7.9 inches across so they're quite big so i'm guessing that that's gonna make it um you know that's it's a bigger light source so that's good for softer mm. light right from the get-go right uh, if but if i was you graham i'd get the same one that i've got because um you get all those potential with all the different color spectrums and the the the, the two bicolors that you you know all in one that you want so you might as well go for um, the same one I have, oh, yeah. or even go for what if I got the six hundred, and then there's a there's a bigger one, a more powerful one, isn't there? Is it the nine sixty or something like that? I was looking at. Yeah, there, there are a great many, actually, aren't there? There's, yeah. there's lots of stuff. I think, but, but yeah, yeah, I, 
um i'd be interested to hear how you get on with those mm. as well claire because it'd be, it's always interesting mm. to, to to hear how things work and what what works well and what doesn't i mean graham you were talking about form factor yeah this was the more traditional studio strobe light versus versus panels mm. i mean one of the one of the really good things about panels is that they can be used very easily in confined spaces mm. yeah so so if you have a if, if you have a studio strobe kind of form factor you know uh, that you then need to bolt a uh, not bolt but to, to mount a soft box on the front to to get to you know something that is diffuse enough to, to you know to to be usable for your creative vision mm. um you might find that you need a depth of you know three four feet or more um, yeah mm. so you know and now if you're in a in a small space um the, that's that's actually quite tricky to mm. achieve to, to to get that much space um so you know if you think you're going to be shooting in smaller spaces uh, yeah uh, or if you if you're concerned about weight and volume of carrying things around if you're going to be traveling mm. with them then panels are really good for that sort of thing if yeah. they're more fixed then you don't have to worry and you've got plenty of space then you don't have to mm. worry about that sort of thing and make sure you get the one that comes with the uh, stand as well. Yeah. Graham. Mm. Yeah. No, that's Not good. That's very. Fan. What very... are the ones that look like um, Luke Skywalker's uh, <laughs> saber? <laughs> <laughs> and are they are they like um, like tubes, aren't they? And are they either LED or are they neon? Because I quite fancy those, and you could maybe ha hold them sort of out of shot, but quite close to your face to light yourself in different colors do you know the do you know the ones i mean i do i use them myself um ah. so there, there are now many brands that I, be, I believe the first company to to make one of those it was um westcott and um, okay. an american company and they have a, a product called the ice light um and i think they're on version two of the ice light now um and i, I did i did rent one of those a few years back for, the ice over a holiday period really really nice nice to use mm. um uh it is uh since it was released there have been a number of um chinese brands selling something that that, that is broadly equivalent uh for much lower prices um mm -hmm. and and i currently have uh the the brand that i went with which was a very popular brand when i bought them a couple of years back um still is uh is yong nuo oh yeah you've mentioned um and they 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 do a range of of you know a gen, i think the generic term these days i think is light wand or lighting light wand okay yes. luke skywalker's uh, wand yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh so i have them uh the ones that i have are uh, they can do a range of whites so they can go from a a, a warm white yeah um, i can't remember where they go down to 2700 2800 maybe yeah um up to a daylight white broadly speaking somewhere around mm. 5600 k mm. as a as a as a daylight white and they also do rgb okay um, yeah and yeah. so you so i can use them for all sorts of different purposes yeah. um and uh interestingly if you mentioned about the colors with the colors i tend to make after power right down on my lights because of course yeah you know, if you think about a um a, a color model like mm. using photoshop or similar mm. where you've got hue saturation and luminance and yeah. hsl model um the thing that makes the colors vibrant is when you put the saturation up 
and mm. the luminance down. Yeah. And I find that if I want to put like a bright red background behind me, if I'm doing a <clears throat> video podcast or something like that, or a purple, I have it right down because mm. you know, the, the luminance being down gives a much more vivid color. Yeah. That's Although, of course, it casts a lot less light. Um, but yeah, I, I have those. So. No, no, I, I really fancy those um, those light ones. And also um, people that you see, uh, people, they, they kit out their cars, don't they? Inside their cars, so they look like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, red neon interiors or something. So uh, what are they doing? Are they putting strips of, you know, where would we get the, what, the neon, the strips to... I feel like we're drifting slightly off topic. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we're moving through the realms of car underlighting. I think maybe we no, need no, to drive. But you can, no, but for a fact. No, seriously, because you can use your interior of your car, can't you, as, as like a set um, and, and, for, and, and transform it for, for, for the lighting. And so I'm intrigued. Um, I mean, what... you can buy like a, yeah, you can buy LEDs on a roll these days, like a mm. roll of sellotape, you know, um, uh, and, and, uh, you can um you can cut the you can cut them and you yeah they're, they're mm. wired into there's a sort of a backing tape leds mounted on a backing tape mm. and wire running between them and you cut off as long as you need um and and you you wire it up to a battery source or power source of some sort and yeah. then you you basically got a way to build custom lighting setups yeah. um yeah, there's a bit more work in now. That's not just a thing about you know, stick it on a stand and switch it on. But no. it definitely can be done. But I'm not sure. I think I agree with Graham. It's slightly out, of, <laughs> a slightly out of the the scope of what he was thinking of as a birthday present. Hey. Well, anyway, that's that is super helpful. <laughs> um, and I will wait to hear from you how you get on with yours, Claire. And yeah, I will I will <laughs> absolutely look at those because I said I think the big draw for me of the more, more traditional look studio strobe style one is a thing that they just look like they they look like the right thing to be using but mm. um these panels look pretty good and so yeah if you find them to be good mm -hmm. and get on with them well mm. that might be the thing to go for they look pretty cool yeah. so as ever have a think about what you want to mm. shoot yeah <laughs> and 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 yeah and what you want to shoot where you want to shoot you know are you going to travel all of the all of the stuff about using these lights and what you're trying to create mm. and and that that lead you down a, a sensible path yeah. of what to choose and backdrop graham are you are you thinking of like a simple white or black backdrop or yeah. are you going to something fancy and printed you know like no. a forest scene or something <laughs> no something simple i'll go for something simple um yeah but uh, no, that's really cool. That's very helpful because it's one of those things that I'm learning the hard way that maybe it's best to be helpful when your birthday's coming around rather than just going, oh, get me anything. And then people mm. do just get you anything. And you go, why did you get me that? <laughs> it's not a good mm. idea. And, and of course, the Kate Bush gig at the bottom of your garden. Yeah, absolutely. And that as well. Just That's all I want. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> Although I, I'm being more reasonable. I will now... Kate Bush, or I will also accept uh, St. Vincent or Billy No <laughs> Any of those three, as long as it's at the bottom of my garden. That's fine. Okay. All right, there we go. That that's. I, I thought we, I didn't think we'd end up with much conversation about lighting, but it turns out we talked for ages about lighting. So that's that's all good. Um, and uh, you know, plenty plenty of proud and and more to come. And by the way, everybody, go subscribe to the Sunny Sixteen Presents channel if you're not subscribed already, mm. and have a listen to the Lighting Lounge and all the other really great stuff that's going out on that channel. Mm. 
absolutely couldn't agree with that more um shall we move on to we've got a few emails to get through um or not to get through we've got a few emails that we've had come in <laughs> that boy really undersold those Whoops. Freudian slip there <laughs> quick quick edit edit oh no wait I'm doing it forget the edit um <laughs> we've got a few emails now i know you're all clamoring to do this first shall i read this first one this first epic missive yeah go for it okay this is from our good friend matt murray um Mm. host of the matt loves cameras podcast out there in sunny australia uh Mm. the man with the dog marshall dalmatian who we all love um probably slightly more than we love Matt, but we still love Matt. Anyway, Matt writes in to say, hello from sunny Brisbane um, to all the Sunny 16 crew. Long time, no email, but I'm back with some Aussie sunshine, sunshine to fill up Grey Grey's post sack. I say sunshine, but it's been raining for a month here. The grass is so long that on a couple of occasions, I feared we'd lost Marshall Dalmatian in the long grass when he went oh. in the backyard to squeeze the lemon. That's... That's an expression. It's a euphemism, I think, is it? Yeah, I'm going to guess it is. Yeah, I don't think he's actually out he there. He wasn't making... making a gin and tonic. <laughs> exactly. He's not out there making a gin and tonic. Did you know that Brisbane has twice the annual rainfall of Birmingham? The difference is that we get all our rain in 30 days, not spread over 300. Hmm. Since the last time I've written in, the Sunny 16 crew has grown to the stage where there really are almost 16 of you. Some would say you've had moving more... around very quickly. <laughs> yes, some would say you've had more lineup changes than Fleetwood Mac. But I say <laughs> the more the merrier. It was I, I, I don't know enough about uh, Fleetwood Mac to make some sort of joke there about who's sleeping with who, but um, make your own up. I, I think over time they all slept with each other. That was what that was part of the problem. Okay, well, if only COVID wasn't ruining that for all of us. It was fantastic to hear the intelligent and insightful aid back on. Did you write this? Eh? <laughs> Back on the sun, on sponsored sunny, by yeah. Back on sunny sixteen to balance Graham's fun-loving buffoonery. Wow, that took a turn. It was a real. I trip. think I'm going to make that the new bio, the one-line bio on our website. Yeah, it was a real trip down memory lane to the Sunny's PR days pre-Rachel. Oh, there, that was no, there's no such thing. No such thing. Please send my best wishes to the lovely Rachel. I hope she is well. When my wife was pregnant with our daughter, the only thing she could ever keep down was McDonald's hash browns. To this mm. day, my daughter craves them every time we drive past to Macca's. That's unfortunate. <laughs> anyway, back to Aid and Graham. Hearing them together again was such a treat. I can't put my finger on it, but you remind me of another great British comedy duo. Let me think. Perhaps it's Morecambe and Wise. No, that's not it. The two Ronnies? Not quite. <laughs> Hang on, I've got it. Rod Hull and Emu. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. who's a, truly, who? a truly British classic. Yes. Uh, yeah, who's who? Yeah, exactly. Who's, who's Emu? <laughs> who's, who's got the other person's hand stuck up their butt? That's what I want to know. <laughs> now, I thought now, we were the Chuckle Brothers, but there uh, you go. I think that's probably more likely. Now to the rest of the gang. <laughs> Although watching podcasts on YouTube is not my thing, I did see a promo screen grab of the Sunnies chatting together whilst recording an episode. Quite honestly, I was shocked at how young John was with his deep voice, mature and considered slash grumpy outlook and his inclination to spend a lot of time in sheds 
I thought John was a boomer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he is. He just dyes his hair Ooh. bright orange to try and fool people. <laughs> wow. Claire is always a treat to listen to, especially oh. as I am a fellow colour film and Polaroid shooter. Graham, I can't mm. believe you reigned on Claire's pushing colour film parade. <laughs> I'm just about to shoot shoot a roll of Lomo 800 at ISO 1600, which I will ask my lab to push one stop. I will let you know how it goes, but I am yeah. confident the results will be spectacular. Good for you. <laughs> Word on the street is that Graham has only finished shooting one roll of colour film in the last 10 years, and that was a roll of expired Jessup's, rest in peace, colour film that I gave him when we met in 2019. Speaking of that meetup, that's a good seg to the discussion you recently had about the increasing prices of point-and-shoot cameras. The Olympus XB that I gifted Graham is probably worth at least 100 quid now. Definitely is worth like three. With my signature on, perhaps 120 quid. Definitely one. Um, think of that as my gift to you in lieu of coffee donations. We won't. All I can say is that I'm glad I didn't find a job lot of expands in that car boot sale. But this email goes on, by the way. It is a Matt Loves Cameras email. So back to Claire, for those of us who <laughs> miss Claire, and her thoughts about having doubles of the same cameras. Mm. I do that too. I have two Polaroid SX-70s, two Polaroid SLR 680s, two Olympus LT1 cameras, and two Canon Top Twins. Look out for a review of the Canon Top Twin point and shoot soon on Matt Loves Cameras. I knew this would become an advert at some point. <laughs> it's an ugly duckling. I mean, not spectacularly ugly like the Konica Eyeborg, but close. It does have some incredibly useful features. Two prime lenses, 40mm 2.8 plus a 70mm f4.9, a built-in 80-style soft filter, and best of all, the ability to do multi-exposures, all in a point and shoot. Finally, he says finally, but there's still like four paragraphs after this. Finally, <laughs> before I go, an open invitation to the Sunnies and all their listeners to take part in the community competition and zine I'm running based around the wonderful Lomachrome Purple film. Oh, yeah. All you need to do is send me some images that you shot on Lomo Purple any camera, any format, between the 1st of February 2021 and the closing date, which is, and amazingly, this is before the closing date, I'm reading this out, so who, who could have imagined that? The 15th of May 2021, which is just after my birthday, in case people didn't get that earlier. At the time of writing, that gives Graham six weeks to get his you-know-what together. Uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not. The, actually, I think I have got some Lomo purple film, possibly. I think somebody might give me some once. So I'll have to go and have a look. Mm. A full review of the film appears in episode 42 of Matt Loves Cameras with sample images taken on Lomo Purple at my website, mattlovescameras.com. Boy, this camera he gave me years ago really had better be worth all of this shilling that I'm doing for him. In 2020, here we go. I thought he said he was finishing earlier, but no, it continues. In 2020, I hosted two community competitions which turned into zines. 31 people took part in Pantastic, Images taken on cheap plastic pano cameras. 
Later in the year, 26 people exposed their sprockets from the next scene. Sprocktastic. I can see a theme here. I still have a few copies of the zines left if people wish to buy them. Apparently, Graham Young, host of the Homemade Camera podcast, only bought copies of the zines as he was drinking at the time. But that's okay. I'll take your money, drunk or sober. Well, I must be off. I have another dissertation to write to Jeff and Gabe at I Dream of Cameras. I am still hurting from their debate about whether using a point and shoot is real photography. Uh, <laughs> yours in film, Matt Murray uh, from Matt Loves Cameras. Thank you. Wait, where's he from? Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Oh, did, did we not mention? Oh, yeah. In case you didn't catch that, Matt is from the podcast Matt Loves Cameras. Also, oh, can okay. be found at his website, mattlovescameras.com. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, TM. TM, TM. <laughs> um, well, it's lovely to hear from you, Matt. And I've yeah. not shot with Loma Chrome Purple before. Cause I think I have a pack of it, a roll of 35 mil. But Claire, you've shot with it, right? Yeah, I have. I really like the film. Um, but I, I haven't shot with it within this deadline. So... You still have time, Claire, because the deadline doesn't end yeah, till the 15th. Yeah, and I've, so. got, I've got some, so I might try. I might try and, and uh, meet that deadline for, for Matt. Yeah. No, I did. I shot some in, yeah, 2019 now. Gosh, time's gone. Yeah, I, yeah. I shot uh, longer ago than that, I think, actually. Uh, they were, if I remember rightly, that was one of the films when it first came out. It was super popular, and the first batch ran out really quickly. Yes. And it was really yeah. difficult to get a hold of. It was. I, fa I found, I think, if it's the thing, what I remember, I found a roll of it in in a shop in Brighton, and okay. and, and shot with it. But that was a long, long time mm -hmm. ago. What did you think of it? Abe? Didn't there used to be a lomography shop in Brighton, wasn't there? Was is that closed down now? Yeah. What an actual branded shop. They, yeah, they, they, there's so. a shop that's been there for years in the lanes that sort of sells knickknacks and 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 out there photography stuff like lo lo right. lots of weird films and stuff like that i can't i can't remember the name of it for the life of me um but uh i don't i, I don't actually i honestly don't know i don't get to brighton very often so i don't know whether there was a lot uh, a proper fully fledged lomo shop there or not mm. Anna, i think a lot of them have closed down now though, haven't they there was one in oh, they're all gone well, they're, 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 oh, in country, they? i don't think there's any in the uk anymore i mean the 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 one that I used to go to more often was the one just off Carnaby Street, um, uh, in London, uh, mm. and uh, but I, and I know that one's gone now. It's a shame. It's a nice place. Mm. What did you think of the film, Aid? Um, if I remember rightly, I enjoyed it and the effects, uh, but something odd happened and a lot of it came out quite underexposed. But I don't, I couldn't tell you whether that was because I was shooting it in a crappy camera or that just, and, and it was too dark that day or whatever. So I, I couldn't tell you for why. But, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun effect, isn't it? It's um, yeah. it's, it's good fun. And it's one of those. And Claire, correct me if I'm wrong on this. It's one of those that's a bit like red scale in that. Um, it can, depending on the lighting yeah. conditions, you can get quite different effects from it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So you can get like deep purples, or you can get more like um, I don't know, lavender, maybe Bin a Lizzie's. light lavender. <laughs> yeah, and um, so that was my that was my challenge actually, because I I think I like the lighter lavender um, colours and and how it turns. Yeah, and when when things look a bit turquoisey and, and lavender but i was looking up you know if you look if you do your research about it and what 
colours will turn purple. You could, depending what if you if you were going to be in the photograph, you could put yourself in certain clothes to to experiment with um, colour changes. But I like the I like the film. I've got I've got some stock here. Good, good way to get him to put a shirt on, Claire. I like it. Yes, subtle, yeah. subtle. I, I don't think he noticed. <laughs> yeah, I think if we put yellow. <laughs> If we put a yellow T-shirt on you, Graham, LLGJ, that's what they call me. <laughs> or he'll just take I the like T-shirt off and paint I his really skin. I really like that film. Yeah, I well, do like that film. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that this zine is going to be called Purple Tastic, right? That's that's how that's going to end. We've had Sprock Tastic and Pan Tastic. This is going to be Perp Tastic, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Um, okay, who's going to take the next email? Actually, well, let's leave the thing from Justin until the end um, because there's like that. There's things I want to tell about that that aren't in the email. So, who wants to take the one from Alex Morrison? I'll I can do that it. if you like. Ooh. Go I'm on, in competition. Aid. Oh, sorry, John, I didn't mean to speak over you. All right, well, here we go. Then. Uh, this is so. <laughs> this is uh, this is from Alex Morrison. So, uh, no photo content here, I'm afraid. This is me looking back to late 2019. Remember what a good year that was? To the Rachel Aid Graham self-portrait assignment and mm. special guest appearance by Claire. Uh, and yes, <laughs> I'm still very much on catch-up. Going through the entire back catalog <coughs> is taking a while. <laughs> this, is what, this, this is show number 243. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Um, going through the entire back catalog is taking a while. My podcatcher now tells me I've listened to Sunny 16 Collective for a bit more than three and a half weeks. Oh. Wow, that's not good. Wow, that's, that, was that 168 hours a week? That That's probably over 600 hours of, wow. Blimey. What a great few shows. <laughs> yeah, a few of them are all right. <laughs> they sound very much like a precursor to the Sunny 16 Presents series. Um, uh, the work and insight, uh, really, and really deep insight that went into those shows is fantastic. I've not listened to the episode that is the post-event mutual assessment. This is the, 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 the self-portrait mm. thing. Uh, but I wanted to drop a line to both. To, sorry, to both say how much I enjoyed it and encourage other recent converted who may not have listened to the entire back catalogue that there are some real gems out there. Uh, so I actually really enjoyed that. I remember doing that a lot. I read, mm. um, do, doing the selfie, uh, the selfie challenge. <clears throat> Still have the the, fil the the pictures somewhere. Um, but that's oh, but that's all from me this time. I'm afraid uh, I've most recently been either working my backside off or packing the house up, ready to move back to the UK. Mm. I'm glad to say that despite some raised eyebrows from my better half, there is enough room for both my cameras and my darkroom gear. Hooray! <laughs> now I just need to finish off all my film, paper and liquid chemistry before it all disappears into the shipper's black hole in late May. All the best, Alex. Wow. Moving a dark room across the world. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Las Vegas back to the UK. Long way to wow. go. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to have Alex back in the country. We'll be able to go. We'll actually be able to meet up. That'd be exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, self-portrait challenge was great fun. Also, I definitely took a self-portrait without my shirt on. So that's another one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> This is, yes, shirtless just, tastic. Just, just, just bit of a economic advice for you, mate. Just do it as a print on demand one year, just in case, it's, just in case the take up isn't massive. 
don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, they, maybe what we ought to do, I, I was going to say to go back through and maybe make a list of um, shows that we think are particularly worth going back and try, but that seems wrong <laughs> because, you know, there's, we've had so many amazing guests over the years. You don't want to say that not all of them are worth listening to, but um, because they very much are. But um, Indeed, yes, it would be especially narcissistic or whatever uh, to, to to pick out a show that was all about us, wouldn't it? Well, it was, <laughs> all, we of all, those, all of those amazing people we've spoken to. Over the well, yeah, years. but that's the thing. We we all spoke to amazing people on those because you spoke to Claire on that show, uh, and um, I spoke to a few a few very lovely people on that show. I spoke to D, um, lovely D. We need to speak to D again mm-hmm. soon, um, and uh, a very lovely lady uh, on some psychological insight into self portraits and stuff. That was mm-hmm. uh, that was a real good time. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Yes, good point. Uh, um, good point. John, as aid so cruelly shut you out on the last email, would you like to take this <laughs> next one uh, from John Michael Mendeza? Sure thing. Uh, the winner of the last Cheap Shots Challenge as well. Mm-hmm. I believe. The Fugly Goes On Tour. Dear some Beams, hope you're all doing well, enjoying coming out of the dark winter and longer days of spring. First of all, I would like to thank Paul from Analog Wonderland for choosing my photo as the winner of the Cliché Challenge. I was, of course, pleased when I heard that I had won, but that was quickly followed by the thought, what the hell am I going to do with Graham's camera? <laughs> <laughs> It's the camera that might be fun to try out, but I doubt that I would want to shoot more than one or two rolls with it. Like many film shooters, I have more than enough cameras and I don't get to shoot them all enough anyways. And let's be honest, the Fugly isn't really a camera you want to put on display. The suggestion of bashing it into nine pieces and giving one to each participant was very tempting. But after thinking about it for a while, I came up with a potentially better idea I would like to organise a Fugly on Tour, or some other appropriate name, oh. where we pass the camera around and everybody gets the chance to shoot with it. Mm. <laughs> like a hot potato. Yeah, or herpes. After... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. You're, you're the source of this, are you? <laughs> <laughs> After it's made the round, we can select our favourite images and make a little zine with them. I would take responsibility for organising everything, setting up the order of who gets the camera when, and putting the zine together at the end. I would also set up either a Facebook group or something similar, so that we can all stay in contact, share images, and let each other know where the camera is and where it's headed. (laughs) The participants would be responsible for shooting your pictures in a timely manner, something like two or three weeks, and sending the camera to the next participant, potentially internationally. If this is something that sounds like fun to you and you would like to take part, then please send an email to jm.mendeza at gmail.com with your contact information, location, and maybe a suggestion for the name of the project. Mm. If there's a huge amount of interest, I may have to limit the number of participants. So please get in touch soon if you're interested. All the best. That sounds like a great idea. It does sound like a great idea. I have a potential um title for it 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 could be the misery loves company do you know i i'm remembering graham a a couple of things actually what one is is one of these that that did the rounds a couple of years ago called the littlest holger Mm -hmm. um, which sandeep started um uh, but then there was also um uh, there was one i think you and i graham were involved in before we started sunny 16 Mm -hmm. yeah 
and and it was if i remember i can't remember what the camera was called but it was a half frame 35 mil i think uh hang on one second i'm pretty sure it's right behind me and and i think every every single participant in that chain kept it for a minimum of three months often closer to six months (laughs) oh yes yes that's absolutely how that went uh yes in some cases over a year but by the time we called, by the time we called time on it as an exercise, uh, I think yeah. about four people had had it, and uh, mm. and yes, we didn't finish a single roll of film. No, no, I mean that is the one problem with a half frame camera is that yes, even after it had been gone for God, I think it was three years, um, less than half the roll had been exposed. <laughs> Um, But, you know, I finished it off. I developed it. And to balance things out, I'm now going to take at least another three years before I can be bored to scan it because also half frames are pain in the neck to scan. (laughs) But I have the next, so that's good. Um, I'm sure this will be more... more, effectively run uh with oh, more sure, yes. active Sorry, participants yes, sure. um i did like the sentence if there is a huge amount of interest i may have to limit the number of participants um if there's a huge amount of interest wh- <sighs> what are you people doing um but no i think it's be great i think it'd be good fun i'd love to see the fuggly <laughs> go on tour um also i think this is just jm's um sneaky way of making sure i post it to him promptly uh knowing how things <laughs> tend to go um and bearing in mind that the last two winners of the cheap shots challenge only got their prize this week so that's... i was gonna ask Josh, oh but, well that's I well didn't... done yeah well, yeah well done <laughs> well yeah. done <laughs> yeah listen it was less than 12 months for either of them i think we need to take that as a victory bob only had to wait four months which is really good i think i think we can all agree that's really good right we're all in agreement there. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yes. Um, but no, that's yes. a great idea. So um, I will obviously put uh, John Michael's email address in the show notes. Um, whilst and I would personally like to say, well done, John Michael, for thinking of a, a, a justifiable way to re-gift it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> that's really smart. Um, whilst we're talking about John Michael, just want to give a massive shout out to the podcast that he made for us um on the sunny 16 presents feed uh went out last week um all Mm. about shooting on film with a model um really really great very well put together podcast uh he did it with uh, his model jennifer um it's a really good really interesting listen uh both from the point of view of working with the model how he approached the lighting and and, and all the choices that went into it um really great listen so like i said that's out on the sunny 16 presents feed now everyone should go and have a listen he did a mm-hmm. fantastic job with it um there's a lot of really good stuff over on the sunny 16 presents feed mm-hmm. um so yeah do go and check it out mm-hmm. and uh yeah and plenty more stuff to come although i have to say we've not had that much listener based stuff this year um so if you have got an idea for something that you'd like to do for sunny 16 presents please do get in touch drop us a line and we will do our best to help you make that happen because uh, yeah i love getting the listener based stuff especially when I mean, all the stuff we've had has been great it really has we've had such a diverse range of stuff as well um it's been a real treat from astrophotography to shooting with models to cyanotypes to caffeinol. It's been brilliant. Really, really great. So thank you to everybody who's done stuff for us for that. Mm. Um, actually, I'll, yeah, just because I mentioned I was going to leave this to the end. I'm just going to give a quick mention uh, to the fact that Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day is coming up. That And you said Polaroid Week as well, isn't it, Claire? So it's yes, yeah. 
end of April, busy time. So on the subject mm. of Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day, um, had an email from the wonderful Justin Quinnell, which I'm now going to try and find. And why have I got three inboxes open? That seems like too many inboxes. Um, <laughs> so um, Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day 2021 is taking place on Sunday, the 25th of April. Um, He's called it Lockdown Wonder. Now, if you go to www.pinholeday.org, you're going to find out loads of information there. But basically, the idea is just go out there and make images with a pinhole camera, whether it's one you made yourself, whether it's one you bought, whether it's one you bodged together out of a dustbin like Justin might do, and then submit these images at pinholeday.org mm. and they'll be shared. Um, go to that website there's tons of great information there there's also information on how to turn a room into a um, camera obscura which is something i did mm. last year during lockdown it was great fun and really easy to do and kind of amazing just to sort of stand in a room and go huh there's the outside world upside down in my bedroom it's amazing it's <laughs> this it's really really good fun um so mm. yeah please do and check that out uh, justin does so much fun stuff um and the website is a great place to go and find out more about it we'll put the link to that mm -hmm. in the show notes as well and when's polaroid day going polaroid week running from claire um polaroid week begins on sunday mm -hmm. which is is it the 18th 18th uh 18th yeah yes so it's sunday the 18th through to the following friday um, and so you can usually there's a lot of activity on social media, so Twitter, Instagram, and in particular, um, Ina and Meredith, they run the um, they administrate the Polaroid um, Polaroid Week on Flickr, where there is a lot of activity on, on that site. So it's always nice to see um, what people people have done and what people post up so yeah that's that's this week yeah and um the only the other thing as well to mention talking about um guests we've had on as well is um you know uh brian griffin we had him on didn't we on one on one episode and i've had a he's been on he'll be going out hopefully this week on the sunny 16 presents he's got an exhibition um opening in london on this friday the 16th as well for i think two and a half weeks so um if you're if you're if you're around or if you're close by that i think that'll be really worth going to see um and if you go on his website um which i think is brian griffin photography.com i think you can see the exact details of, of the venue um so that's just my bit of information i think um he's book that he was talking about when we spoke to him yeah. is, is, mm. has been released now or it's mm. it's going out to people that um supported him on kickstarter mm. as well yeah look i'm looking forward to that looking forward to uh, that okay. and we'll put a link to the um uh show in the show notes mm. i think that about does us right <laughs> any other business not that i'm aware of no we've yeah there you go then <laughs> i'll leave it to you then Aid, to seamlessly wrap things up as 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 i am so professional at uh after nearly oh we talked five to me years. alex is lovely yeah you got a copy now showing off thank uh, <laughs> swanky okay so yes um well here we are um yeah we're getting ready to celebrate both graham's birthday mm -hmm. uh, and and the fifth anniversary of starting sunny 16 um gosh 
you'd think we'd be better at it by now, but <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not now. All good, all good fun. Listen, uh, it has been an honour and a privilege to talk to you all, as always. We will play you out now with Rachel's band Rocker. You can get their album "Promises I Should Have Kept" uh, from all good internet outlets. Uh, they just just search for it, and you will find it. Um, we uh, are available on the internet ourselves, actually, um, uh, as you might have guessed from listening to a podcast. But also, uh, if you if you uh, if you are like our, our correspondent, uh, looking to get to the back catalogue, best place to do that is to go to sunny sixteen podcast dot com, uh, uh, where all of that is available. And I, I hope you survive our back catalogue. <laughs> anyway right there uh, without further ado um it's been great thank you very much we'll be back next week goodbye bye Bye. matt loves cameras (laughs) bye